Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ladies and gentlemen, oh, we're back, and more to the point, Linda Pollock is back. You'll remember, eagle-eyed, eagle-eared listeners. It Linda's, Linda's just had. A, she started a new job, yes. haven't you, Linda? Yes. Tell us all about it, please. Well, here's a little clue. Say my name. Linda Bloody Pollock. Present. What do you think that is? Yes. She's a well. What's your school? A school um, administrator, a secretary, a secretary. She's one of them big secretaries who sat there saying, "Walk, you boys." Are you chewing? I don't say that. Your mother brought your sandwiches in. You know that sort of thing. Well, I think we're all absolutely delighted for you, ladies and gentlemen. Don't worry. She's here. She's there. She's every Plymouth one, including the school office. Linda Pollock. Linda, thank you, my love. Linda, did you enjoy? your first day at work? I did. Things have changed somewhat since I was last at school, Clinton. Why, they're not writing with a quill. They're not writing uh... with a quill. (laughs) Or or, or a chisel. Oh, I'm joking. (laughs) Thanks for that joke, Clinton. Aren't you funny? Oh, Oh, thank you. Yes. Staff room is no longer the smoky coffee um, hibernation place that it used to be. It's no no smoking and the coffee is terrible. But um... Right. What's the level of conversation there? Is it intellectual or can you cope? There's a little bit of both, Clinton. <laughs> so that you know, it's it's um, it's hallucinating, elucidating. It's elucidating, isn't it? And yet banal at the same time, which is why I fit in fine. Oh well, all I can say is, they are so <laughs> lucky to have you, Linda. I like this time of year, and I, 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 I mean. As you people are not paying for this bloody thing, it's it's virtually Christmas by the time you hear this. But where we are now, it's a very, very hot early September. It's balmy. It's balmy. And I like this time of year, particularly when you get this Indian summer right. like this. No, it's too <clears> late <throat> for me. Now I'm back at school. I'm stuck indoors. Yeah. I'm sweaty. The kids, I mean, God, teenagers. Yes. And sweat. Can you imagine? Oh, God, it's a real... Rishi Sunakanaka. Oh, sweaty around the Rishi Sunakanakas. <laughs> what, um... <laughs> tell me, do, do you not like this time... Well, obviously you like this time of year because you want to get on, yes. get back 
into things. Yes. It's bloody hot though, isn't it's it? It's too Jesus. hot and I'm not sleeping very well at night. I put my fan on full blast. Right. I put a timer on it, but I wake up when it goes off. I'm, oh, I'm a oh, oh, I no. know. Well, the only thing about that is... On a needless detail. But as regards the time of year, <laughs> I do like it. I like to... And particularly, I have to say, because I'm not going into school. No. I mean, it's synonymous with that time of year, isn't it? But luckily... I'm an elderly man who doesn't have to go in anymore. I was thinking of you today as I sat down behind my desk and all official-like with Why? Because someone had drawn a cock on the uh, desk? Actually, yes. But also, I was wondering if you've ever had a job that did not involve spangles, sequins and show business. Oh, what a very good question, <laughs> Linda. Well, I have... Not really. I I did work in my mate's leather jacket um, warehouse oh. uh, at one stage, which I found deeply miserable but luckily i've never had to do anything else because i'm a very very gifted clever medium psychic has it given you an aversion to leather or have you got a bit of a thing about it now no no it's not really (laughs) well it has given me an aversion to leather it's gonna be an aversion to doing kind of shit minimal wage work menial is the word menial is the word yes well right um (laughs) uh, if you knew more words you'd be something more than a fucking school secretary (laughs) wouldn't you i mean it's right yeah you're right yeah sorry but i did also i I remember the saturday job as um i probably said this before on this very podcast i was you know um the beef eater mr wimpy you know, he goes out with a big paper mache head at the Wimpy Oh, yeah. You know. Is he still doing that? Well, he certainly was in the 80s when right, I used to yeah. do that as a Saturday job. Oh. And I probably said this before, it was a, oh God, that was bloody miserable. And we used to go out, no one, no one washed the tights, the red tights for Mr. Wimpy. And you'd have these big sort of rubbery boots and, you know, massive paper mache head that any kids come back, you'd be handing out flyers for 50p off a hamburger or whatever it was. And they'd smash really hard with their knuckles on this bloody massive and bald Mr Wimpy head. Yeah. Jeez, it, it did a... And then one day, this is true, and I'm sure I've told this on this bloody podcast before, the Animal Liberation Front did a march. Wow. And I got rolled down the street. Right? Why? Because of the bender in the bun? That's because of the bender in the bun. And it turned out it had happened before. And someone pointed out that I'd been going, I hadn't noticed that someone had tried to write on the back of Mr. Wimpy said, meet his murder. Oh. Just, it said, meet his m, and the M had gone off. No meet one had, his m. Meet his m. Oh, yeah, meet <laughs> his m. <laughs> so, it, you know, anyway, so that was a pretty miserable job. But I am happy to say... I have done very little else apart from help people. Oh, yeah. With my, 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 you. <laughs> when did you realise that you could make money out of it? Well, it's not a question of making money, Linda. I mean, when did it's... you realise it was lucrative? <laughs> no, it's nothing to do when with that. When did you realise people wanted so much of you? <laughs> what you mean is, when did I realise that I could help people with my <laughs> unique gift, you little bitch? Now, <laughs> we have had all sorts of messages this week uh, on Skype and on you know, email and all sorts of things. Some of them a little bit disappointed, beginning with this. Someone called John Curtin, who I had to look up, is the ex-Australian Prime Minister. It's not very good. G'day there, Clinton, you bloody galore. John Flaming Curtin here from World War Bloody 2. You're bloody welcome. Calling from the afterlife down under. Hiya, Clinton. It's Rod Hall here. Um, just wondering if you could help myself and a friend out. We're looking for a bit of information. Um, yeah, we want to know if... Um... Oh, Clinton. Jim Bowen here. Super smashing great. Oh, hello, Clinton. 
Clinton. Um, I was referred to you by a friend of mine who said you might be able to help with an issue I've got regarding uh, paranormal activity. Uh, basically, ever since I was a kid, a ghost has followed me around and it moves things and, you know, all sorts of other stuff. Rather shit messages, I think. Well, please Assange. Yeah, thank you for trying, though, people. Thank you for trying. Uh, we were saved by this person. Please have a listen to this latest in our busker line. I'm not going to say where this fella actually plies his craft as... But I guess if you know, you know. If you know, you know. He's somewhere in the East Midlands and it was sent in by Carl Swanson. And I want you to, to listen to the bit where he, he forgets the words. Very, very funny. <laughs> Ed Sheeran. Right? It's Ed It's not the Ed Sheeran. No, obviously. Okay, listen, this this nice bit coming up now where he can't remember the words. Oh. 23. 23. <laughs> what are you thinking about? My favourite bit now. Here we go. <laughs> Don't really know the words. <laughs> Very mysterious. Something, something, something. Doesn't know the tune either. No, that well, that, there you are. Thank you very much. And to that particular busket, thank you so very, very much for, well, trying to entertain people live. I know it's not bloody easy. Tell no. you that. Right, now, let's get on with it. This is from the Daily Mirror, and I'm sure a lot of you may have seen this. Linda, if you would, accompanied by Spooky Musing, please tell us. This story. Cursed charity shop painting ruined my life. It has terrifying powers, screams a headline. The owner of a supposedly cursed £20 charity shop picture... By the way, aren't charity shops expensive now? OK, turn the bloody music off, Linda. Aren't they? Yeah, ridiculous. And so, there's such a lot of shit in them. I've got a friend who's full of this kind of, oh, you can pick up some bargains. Oh, yeah, they've got these, you know, certain types of pottery, which is very big in the 70s. Oh, Hansi. That's it. Yeah. You always find that. Sort of, and I go and think, yeah, I remember that looking shit in the 70s. Well, you say that, and your mum and dad have got that. And uh, they it's, they believe it's retro now, but right. what it is, is impossible to put in the dishwasher. So right. it, what it is, is a ball and chain around you, forcing you to do it the old-fashioned way, someone to wash and yes. someone to wipe. And to be honest, we've all moved on. Do they, have they got any plans to sell this stuff or...? I believe one of us children are going to get it in the will at some what point. What sort of thing is it, that mottled... Um... No, well, they've got that brown one with the orange flowers on. Yes, I know. I know it well, but yes. But this one they showed me yesterday, proudly, as they washed it up by hand yet again... Yes. ...is kind of a creamy colour and it's got green flowers in it. It's sort of... It's shiny. It's not It's not the earthenware type thing. Oh, it's right. Shiny. OK. But the green flowers are pressed into it. It's very nicely made. Right. But it was box standard when it came out, and now apparently it's it's posh. Oh, honestly, the stuff they tell you that you you know you oh that's really lovely that you really want that bloody hideous some yeah. of it even to this day. When people started wearing flares again, I couldn't. People forgot how hard we fought. Have they forgotten the struggle to get rid of flares? Mm. And now they're just parading around like it doesn't matter. And you've got some bell bottoms for like for work. For work only. Not, they go with your platform. Not don't me, they? not me leisure time. No. <laughs> Uh, music on again, please. Right, £20 charity, expensive charity shop portrait. Yes. After her mum begged her to buy it, so she believes the eerie artwork transfixed her mother just like Gollum from Lord of the Rings. 
What? That doesn't quite work. I Do you don't mean know. the ring transfixed Gollum from Lord of the Rings? Let's be specific. It's badly written. Yes. Badly written. It's left her mum transfixed. A woman who brought me. Now we're going to repeat everything you've just said. A twenty-pound charity shop portrait after her mum begged her to buy it. Says she believes the eerie. Needs it. I needed it. I need it. <laughs> I believe the eerie artwork trans- transfixed her mother, just like Gollum from Lord of the Rings, which you've you said. <laughs> Zoe Elliot Brown bought the picture, which shows a young girl wearing a red dress from Hastings Advice Representation Centre in St Leonard's on Sea, East Sussex, on July 24th. The picture has already been bought and returned with the previous owner claiming it ruined her life. That's a bit extreme. This led to the charity shop manager added a possibly cursed warning (laughs) for those brave enough to buy it next. The 36-year-old carer took a snap of the portrait and showed it to Mum Jane, who is said to have become transfixed, urging her daughter to buy it. Little did the pair know at the time their lives were about to be turned upside down with supposedly supernatural occurrences beginning to happen as soon as I brought it home. The family's dog, Scylla, by the way, wonderful name, it's Patadel yes, Terrier, it is, isn't it? began instantly growling when the painting was brought into the living room and allegedly wouldn't go anywhere near it. Then Zoe's 68-year-old mum, Jane Elliot Brown, in case you were wondering, yes. began suffering health issues, oh, she's 68, including hot flushes, shakiness and feeling so cold she needed four jumpers to keep warm. Oh, God. Nearly cheeked myself, she said. Jane also apparently became weirdly protective over the artwork, staring at it repeatedly and referring to it as the precious... Oh, my fucking God. Zoe, from Hastings, East Sussex, recalled, I've never seen my mum want anything so much. She was fascinated by it, but not, like, in a positive way. She was weirdly protective of it. She sounds like fucking mad. (laughs) She was continually staring at it. She was running her fingers over its cheekbones. She polished it, even though it didn't need polishing. Will you stop rubbing that? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway, any mention of getting rid of it, she got really snappy. My mum was point-blank refusing to get rid of the picture. I guess it is a bit like the power in Lord of the Rings. It's definitely really enchanting. It kind of draws you in, but then you don't really want to be near it at the same time. It's almost a bit like Gollum, as we said earlier. Now, yeah, I people who come to see my acts, I say acts, my readings, will know that I picked up Bruno Amadeo's masterpiece... The Crying Boy. The Crying Boy! Who will weep. Look into his eyes and he will weep. Have you ever picked up anything which is any good, haunted or otherwise, from a charity shop? Linda, please. Mm, No, but I was gifted a haunted doll. Oh, and finally, finally she admits to it. An apparently haunted doll. Oh, all these years she's poo-pooed me. (laughs) Oh, it turns out she's a believer. It was Go one on. of them bleeding awful 1970s porcelain dollies when we were all pretending that we were Victorian. Oh, I know. It's really, really long and thin. Was it really long and thin? It was... Oh, it was <coughs> It was horrible, really. It was creepy and a little bit mouldy, but uh, it apparently had been sold with one of these maybe cursed labels on it. I'm not even joking. Oh, my God. <laughs> what did it do? What well, did it do? I don't believe it did anything, but I did have a terrible run of luck afterwards in oh. which my car just... Things kept falling off my car and I had a crash. Oh, I told you. I do see ghosts. Turns out. And my washing machine broke. 
Uh, my marriage dissolved. And... What, as a result of this doll? Well, I've just got rid of it and things seem to be looking up, so... I don't think it's... I think the timing just coincided, you know. OK. Well, you... Oh, my goodness. Well, that is... Don't sound like it's a little bit cursed, to me. Sounds like it might be a bit rum, yeah. The only... The only thing... Uh, there was one Christmas we had people over and I went to the charity shop near me and I'll tell you which one. There's a fantastic three stories of this thing. And I picked up some serving spoons and when the people who were there... There's no word like family. Family! Real our Karen for a kickoff. When they realised that it was from a charity shop, everyone went a bit. Ooh. What dead man spoons? <laughs> dead man spoons. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm chasing the dragon on it. Because <laughs> I don't think of it that way. I won't buy dead man shoes from a charity shop. No, but and I, I don't really like the idea of brand new pajamas because no, you know that that was for no, someone but I who wasn't, don't need them anymore. I wasn't serving up the Brussels sprouts and parsnips in a fucking pair of dead man shoes, was I? <laughs> It's a dead man's spoon. Well, and also a dead man's uh, glasses. So people, I don't remember people complaining when they were quaffing my cheap leaffrau milk. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean. But no, apparently, you know. And the other thing, I'm one I've mentioned this. Another story. I've got to come up with some new stories. But the other thing I remember about charity shops is those people who came to see Clinton Baptist versus Ramon last yes. year. Oh, I enjoyed that. Thank you, darling. Uh, came to see it in Cambridge, didn't you? Yes. Right. Just before um, we got to the final bit of rehearsals, me and the director. To Brendan O'Hay, we went to charity shop to buy various props. And I've told you this before. And when I think of charity shops now, I always remember this terrible, terrible event. It was on that very day that the Queen died. Oh, and oh yes. those who will remember this, we bought various this things. This is a banana story. <laughs> yeah, to this day, I'm very upset about it. <laughs> if you've heard it before, just fast forward this bit. But we had various things, inflatable things blown up that we picked up some of them at charity shops. And one of them was a big. Dead man's banana. Dead man's inflatable banana. Who who didn't have one of those when they were growing up in the 50s? And, well, I didn't see a banana till about 1977, some of these old people. But I had this block banana and, and we were just rehearsing something and Brendan turns to me and says, she's dead, about the Queen. And I, being a jokey sort of character and... Let's face it, a bit of a twat. I thought, well, how can, what can we do to remember this moment? When the moment was the Queen Day! Yeah. And as a joke, I picked up this inflatable banana and I cracked him over the head with it repeatedly for him to just go, like, put his arm out, like, sort of, go, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I went really red in the face. And it, for me, that's ruined it from now, from now on. They did talk about, is it like the five stages of grief? They've obviously missed out that first one. <laughs> He's been an absolute <laughs> melt. Been a moron. Yeah, that's the first one. Inappropriate gags. <laughs> yeah, so I'm sorry about that. And Brendan, if you're listening, I'm sorry about that. Anyway, so yes, but I'm, the other thing I find funny about charity shops, when they've got, you know, June, could you come and open the special cabinet? Oh! And there's a lot of shit in there which looks vaguely gold. It, it, it's or locking away, does yeah, it? We're going to lock that away. The jewels. What? what? The jewels? What? That plastic from a Christmas cracker? <laughs> June, I don't have the key. June, could you bring the key? <laughs> what were you interested in, sir? I'm interested in that really shitty plastic <laughs> light. It's a white glove on. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a marigold. <laughs> That's right. Which one was, was you interested in, please, sir? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's that it's that earring that, where, where the bit's fallen off with no butterfly no, on it. No, not the nice one, that not one. Not the nice one, that shit one there. OK. How much is that? Well, this is our exclusive range. That's about three quid. <laughs> Isn't it? Anyway, um, 
Well done if you work in a charity shop. Well done if you work in a charity shop. I don't want to be, um, you know, I don't want to be nasty to you. But you could be a bit more realistic with your pricing structure. Absolutely. Well done to you, though. There are a lot of shittier things you could be doing, aren't there? Do you know what I really love in charity shops? You can see who's dying by looking through the records, right? Because at one time it was all Vera Lynn and stuff, and now it's turning into Cliff Richard. Cliff Richard seems to be having... I know. A bit of a clear out of his fan base. There, there's some wonderful, wonderful records. You, can, you can't find them anywhere else. If you go on things like, this is really dull for you, Discogs. Some of the stuff you get in the charity shop is going for an absolute bloody fortune yeah. uh, on Discogs. Right, <laughs> let's get on with it. They're not interesting. There's your pricings. Uh, Greg Perkins now with, I've got to tell you, this is, this is going to go straight to number one on our spooky. Please, Linda. Hello, Clinton and Linda. I was at work yesterday, late into the night, and my colleague asked me if I believed in ghosts. I told him that despite six seasons of Clinton Baptiste's paranormal podcast, yes. I was still siding with Linda oh. and my scepticism was firmly in place. Right. He then showed me a photograph that shit me right up. Really? I'm an airline captain for a UK airline and this photograph occurred this summer in one of our planes. The following background information is important for the context. I'll keep it brief, thank you. Too late. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. When we take a load of passengers somewhere, we usually don't stay there. (laughs) Those passengers get off, the crew clean the cabin, then importantly... Do a thorough security check. Finally, the new passenger get on, he means passengers, ready to come home with their fresh tans or sunburn. Can you do it in a captain's voice? On this particular day at a sunny destination while waiting in the empty plane for the busloads of passengers to arrive, the crew decided (laughs) to take a couple of photos in the sunshine. Remember, there were no passengers around yet and the crew had completed their security checks. If anyone had left so much as a pair of earphones, they would have been found. Later on, while checking the pics, they saw in the background an image of a child. Someone could be pulling a string somewhere which I've attached for you. I've protected the identity of the crew member. I'm glad you said that, because otherwise we thought she'd suffering from fuzzy face syndrome. Yeah. But otherwise, the photo is unchanged. This is no grainy silhouette or shadowy figure. This is a very clear image of a child and has scared the few who've seen it so far. Yeah, so... Don't be a poo-pooer. The plot thickens slightly, as a clairvoyant medium psychic has already been involved. Didn't ask me. Not the right one. Not the right one. Thank you both for all the incredible hours of entertainment. Thank you. Thank you. Greg from Yorkshire. Now, I... Because Linda was working, I already did an interview with Greg. And this is going to absolutely amaze you. And what's more, those of you who don't put your bloody hands in your pockets will not get to see this photo. But those on Patreon, you will shit yourselves. Because I can assure you, you will see a real ghostly child. Not not an interpretation, a child in that aeroplane. Let's speak to Greg. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Greg, is it real or is it... Stop me if I'm getting too technical. A load of bollocks. It's real. And it's real as far as I know. Um, in that it was taken on one of our airplanes... And it was sent to me uh, by somebody who was there on the day. And it's the scariest thing I've seen. And I'm a skeptic. I'm with Linda, really. Um, But I've always been a skeptic. But this is the first thing that I've ever looked at and gone cold and got goosebumps looking at it. Because I know the scenario. Right, you know the scenario that these people are dropped. They're all taking photos of each other. There's a slight hint of a sort of slightly leggy, stockinged uh, air hose, trolley dolly, I call them. And I'm wondering, first of all, before we get to the spooky, what goes on when you're, uh, you know, staying over somewhere? There's a hotel, there's a few drinks, not from the bleeding pilots, I like to think. But do, not to put too fine a point on it, do people get it on? Is it is there partying? Um, well... In I know that they do. In many airlines, I know that they do. And they have a lot of layovers and they're staying in hotels. But to be honest, most of the the low-cost stuff that you're going to do out the UK, the people are just coming, they're going to come straight back, probably on the ground an hour, maximum oh, one. I see. So wow. th- that, that was this scenario with this photograph. So they've arrived, they've kicked all the pastures off, they've yeah. cleaned the cabin, and then they're waiting. Now they're waiting on an empty aeroplane. So... And the reason I know that it must be a real picture is they couldn't be taking photographs at the top of those steps if they were past years on because they've got a job to do at that point. 
That is correct. Is there a chance, and you know I'm a believer, is there a chance that is a trick of the light? It is something stacked up. Sometimes you see, you know, when you're waiting for the plane to take off, some bloke in a in a high-vis tabard comes in and drops a load of ready meals or some rubbish down. Is there a danger? That is not a chance. That That's sort of some rubbish atop a box, and it just looks like a child. I mean, it does bloody look like a child, doesn't Unless it? Unless it's one of the crankies, then... Oh. I do not think it is the crankies. We know for a fact that Nicola Sturgeon goes everywhere in a camper van that they found on her husband's front drive, allegedly. And I'm not saying that there was any financial impunity uh, attached to that whatsoever before she starts suing. Uh, It was a cheap jibe about the crankies looking a bit like Nicola Sturgeon. But, um, yeah, no, you're right. And it does look like very much like... It it doesn't look photoshopped in any way. The, The graininess of that image... It looks like it's part of that bloody photo, doesn't it? I think so. And the, the, the spooky thing for me is that it's not a traditionally spooky setting, which would be yeah. a dark nighttime when your imagination's playing with you yes. and uh, somewhere abandoned or quiet or a theatre after hours, isn't it? But yeah. this one, mm. when you're stepping out into the bright sunshine in somewhere like Ibiza, yes. smelling coconut and ready for your drink, that's not a spooky setting for anybody. Yeah. S- smelling yeah. coke, never mind coconut, smelling uh, coke in Ibiza. But, um, Greg, tell me, if you look at this closely, this picture, and I don't know whether anyone else has gone at it forensically. I'm going to look just, at it now. To the right-hand side, there's the slight, you can make out something pinky-looking, very, very tiny, almost as if there's a hand coming out. Can you see that? Offering, it could be like another ghost, a lady offering this child a hand. Can you see? Just see a tiny little pinky thing. Right. Well, I, I'm i not as in tune to these things as you are, Clinton, obviously. No, and I can't fly yeah. a plane. What I would like to do is offer a bit more information because the person who's in the picture has got a clairvoyant involved. Right, let's hear it. Brilliant. Brilliant. Go on. Your mind and their mind are aligned. Go on. Can I read this to you? So, go on. It says, I will give you a plot twist. If you zoom in on the little boy, look at the jumper. On the left, the print looks like a dog. Right next to that, you can see a man's face, and next to the man's face looks like a baby curled up clenching its fist. Oh, my God. Men wrote, I actually didn't see all this till my friend, the medium, said it all in a message. She also said... It's not really the boy, it's the man that's my guardian angel. The man's my guardian angel. She knows he's a relation to me. He died in a car crash. He was born in the 70s and he wants me to know that he's okay. Hold on. Who wrote that? Not the lady at the forefront of that picture. Uh, That person, yes, wrote this message. (gasps) Passing on information from a medium. So that's what the medium had said. I didn't see all this till the medium said it in a message. It's not the boy. It's the other man in the image that's my guardian angel. But but the man in the image is where? Sorry. It's on, on the jumper. I, I can't see it. I'm not as in tune to these things. But yes, apparently next to the dog on the jumper looks like a man's face. Anyone who's listening to this who has not paid for Patreon, you'll be kicking yourselves, won't they, Greg? 
Oh, it's terrifying. It's a spooky image. It's a spooky yeah. image, and you've got to see it. You know, just to just to recap, it is a, a rather saucy-looking trolley dolly at the top of some stairs, and there is a child, clearly a child, at the, atop the stairs, and according to this clairvoyant medium psychic, and I'm going to go back and have a look at it myself, Greg, there is a man in the image. I can see this. I can see almost like a hand, a palm reaching out. Please, please, will you join Patreon and then you can see the image. This is not some terrible sales gimmick to get you to join. You really will want to see it. Great. Yeah. Thank you very, very much for that. There's one more slight bit of information. Please regale. On, this, on that same aeroplane. Yes. That one, there's apparently a phantom call bell. You know the bell you push when you want a drink? Yes. So on row 26 on the aeroplane, it keeps coming on. And it's been looked at by the maintenance and the engineers and they can't find anything wrong with it, but it goes on and the crew have to come down and cancel it all the time. Fucking hell. In it. Really? And the, the maintenance have looked at it and everything? Yeah, they've looked at it, reset it. I don't know what they do. Change the part, still happens. Greg, can I ask you this? Wonderful stories. Big question for you as an airline pilot. Have you seen a UFO? We were once flying, and I did see because you see lights all the time, and you know what they look like with years of experience doing yes. doing it. But there was yes. something moving far too fast to be an aeroplane. Oh, right, yeah. go on, yeah. And you and, and did you did your co-pilot see it? Yeah, we all saw it. Yeah, yeah, just moving left to right like it was flat. You so you often see stuff like uh, meteors and that come in and and the arc through the sky in a particular way. But this was flat, crossing left to right like an airplane, but miles faster. Do do you ever? I mean, please say the right thing now because I'm quite a nervous flyer. Even when you see stuff on the Daily Mail online of people being shaken around in an airplane. Even at those times, are you quite confident in the in the cockpit going, yeah, well, it's a bit of turbulence, we'll be all right? Or yeah. are you ever nervous? No. No, it's all right. And uh, that's that That was the correct answer, Greg. Thank you. Um, anything else you want to tell me about flying? No, keep going. I mean, take your tours on it overseas. Let other people see your work, because I think they need to experience more of uh, Clinton oh, Baptiste. Did you hear yeah. that, everyone? He's it. Greg, if you can get me a gig anywhere overseas, in fact, anyone listening, I will go overseas. Though I've got a massive tour of the UK coming up, but I would like to go somewhere else. I'll get you on in podcasting, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> <laughs> there must be sort of expat places who would welcome Clinton Baptist, wasn't there? I reckon so, yeah, yeah. Uh, I did live in Dubai for a long time and there's a great comedy community over there. Dubai, call in Dubai, please get me over there. All right, Greg, I want to thank you very, very much. Uh, I think, honestly, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to put him at number one. You're now going straight to number one in the spooky parade. And please, anyone listening who's not part of Patreon, you will have to join Patreon to see these scary photos. All right, Greg, thank you very, very much. Happy flying. Thanks, Clinton. We'll see you. How about that then, Linda? Well, 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 not bad. Number one in the hit parade yeah, of Spookies. If you believe him, yeah. Well, I do believe him. And if you don't believe him, why don't you join Patreon and have a look at the bloody pictures? Linda, what did you think of the picture, the photos? Very clear picture of a child. Yes, there is a very clear picture of a child now. Is it a ghost child? I don't think so, but... 
You do you. Yeah, there's just a child, you know, a bit like Humphrey, the Downing Street cat who hangs around the aeroplane, is that right? They let children have a look round planes. Uh, not when the parents aren't around and when it's just been cleared. You're assuming the parent wasn't around. You're, you've been sucked in. You're assuming you know something. Things. You know, fuck all. Right. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, this, is, this has been some of the big news in the paranormal world. You can't have escaped. This is 100, no, 90 years since the first sighting of Nessie and... Lots of explorers have gone up to Loch Ness to have a look for, for Nessie, the Loch Ness monster. Mm. Uh, music as we read this headline from the Dirty Daily Mail. Can I tell you something? Yep. Turn the bloody music off again. If a uh, newspaper has a headline with a question mark, the answer is always no. But anyway, let's proceed. <laughs> is this the most convincing Loch Ness monster proof yet? Question mark? Yes. No. Daily Mail go in for that though, don't they? Nessie Hunter shares fo- photos of creature in... Mo- Quotes, most exciting ever sighting, as large animal is also seen on thermal image camera. Yes. Volunteers descended on Loch Ness over the bank holiday to search for Nessie. Nessie Hunters claim to have made three separate separate sightings of the elusive creature, including the most exciting glimpse of a legendary animal yet. Volunteers turned up at the Scottish Highlands in droves over the weekend to join the biggest hunt for the Loch Ness monster in more than 50 years. The search expedition led to three reported sightings, including the first ever video of Nessie taken by a film crew using a thermal... Have we, you've said all this, haven't you? <laughs> Meanwhile, another searcher claimed she had taken the most exciting photos of... God, they're, they're competing with the most exciting. How, yeah. how exciting does it get? Nessie on a fucking skateboard, juggling. Licking the Vs, yeah. Licking the Vs. <laughs> the images. That would be exciting, wouldn't it? Nessie lying back on a sunbed, you know, caressing her nipples. That would be exciting. (laughs) Not just, you know, swimming in the... Looking uh, like a hand like it normally does. That is... (laughs) Looking like a branch. (laughs) Now, that would be an exciting (laughs) image. Go on. The images taken by translator Chia... Kia? Kelly? Let's say Kia. Show an eel-like creature. You know why it's eel-like? Why? Because it's a bloody eel. Oh, probably. It's probably a duck of some kind. (laughs) Or a turd, given uh, the latest... Yeah, yes, that's right. The latest... Thermal news. image of what Therese Coffee managed to give us. <laughs> a big shit. So anyway, yeah, eel-like creatures slowly spinning you on know the why surface. I blame. Yeah, you know why. Oh, and I don't mean to be rude, but I think that Nessie's probably just a massive log. Don't be a poo-pooer. Therese Coffee. <laughs> Is that her name? Yeah. Yeah, Therese Coffee. Carry on. You just have the confidence. Last week it was Pamplegrass, and now it's Therese... But you're right with Therese Coffee. I saw some Pamplegrass on the way over, by the way, and I did think of you. Really? Because you thought Pamplegrass was called Pamplegrass. Really? And from now on it is. Where was this Pamplegrass? On the way to yours, funnily enough. Was there a pineapple upside down? I couldn't spot the pineapple. That might have been in the window. An eel-like creature was slowly spinning on the surface of Loch Ness shortly before it disappeared underwater. Mm. Oh, you didn't see it. It goes to a different school. Yeah, that's right, but it was... It was actually a rectangular shape. It could have been, (laughs) couldn't it? A civil servant, 58... No name. ...also reported spotting Ness swimming in Loch Ness before sketching a picture of the world-famous monster. The project's producer um, of... I think the producer, the project of going and getting this thermal imagery. Yeah. These thermal drones allowed us to see the lock in the infrared. With this equipment, we were able to see immediately if any animal breaks the water's surface. 
This thermal imaging technology has been available for several years now, he said rather boringly, and it seems remarkable that no one has yet deployed such equipment in an effort to investigate this mystery. Yeah, needless detail. It did detect an unusual heat signature on one of the thermal imaging drones, a large mass away from the... Forget it. A large mass near the shore. (laughs) Amazingly, the best images aren't from this high-tech stuff. Translator Kelly51 later caught what she believes, well, she might, our photos of the monster while taking pictures of her husband, Scott, 68. Rude. She quickly started taking pictures after seeing a strange animal move across a distance of around 100 metres at a steady speed, that's in quote marks, from right to left, around 200 metres from the shore. Oh, my goodness. We had lunch in the Dorries Inn and then started walking around. I was just taking pictures with my Canon camera of Scott and our daughter, Elisa, who was then five. They are a bit more. Oh, God. When about 200 metres from the shore, moving right to left at a steady speed, was this creature. Oh, God. Anyway, it goes on and on like that, but I wanted to get to this bit, which I thought was really typical. Civil servant Alistair Gray also claimed to have spotted the Loch Ness Monster over the bank holiday weekend, as he claimed and... As he claimed to have seen... A pointy head and a pair of bumps bobbing. It's like you doing backstroke. It is. (laughs) Above the surface of the lake. The sighting came just nine days after... See, they're all seeing it now. Father of four, Steve Valentine, took photos of what he believed to be Nessie while on a boat trip with his children. I saw this black shape. It was a bit of a distance, about 200 metres away. Why is it always 200 metres away? Because maybe after 200 metres you can't see any more than that. Near Urquhart Castle, Mr Valentine said. I thought I needed to get a photo of it, which I did, but one of the kids jumped on my lap. It's always the way, isn't it? Yeah. One of the kids jumped on my lap and the boat turned around. I showed the photo to the driver and he was quite taken aback. I'm quite open-minded. I was genuinely shocked. Stop trying to get on the act! (laughs) You didn't see fuck all, Valentine! Anyway, look. This is what I wanted to say. There have been over 200 sightings, uh, searches every month on Google for Nessie and clearly there's something there. So I spoke to our resident folk singer and historian, Richard DeLong-Stone, someone who we know bisects the area which comes into the supernatural with British cultural history. And this is what, well, Richard said to us this week. Richard is here with me now. Richard, I'm happy to say there have been all sorts of requests for you to come on uh, the podcast again. All right, okay, That's nice. And um, you you won't have heard this preamble, but I was talking about uh, Loch Ness, and you said, you know, when I I sent you an email, you said you did have some... some, Well, they're folk songs about the Loch Ness monsters specifically, aren't they, Richard? Well, yeah, I mean, the Loch Ness monster um, has only really been in the public consciousness since 1933 when it was first sort of recorded sightings, but actually there have been mentions of a monster there. St. Columba um, supposedly met the monster um, in, I think it was... No, five... 560 or something like that. Um, right. So, of course, so it has been around for a lot, and it does... Um, I'm thinking of one. This, I'm pretty sure, references uh, what we now know as Nessie. Um, uh, okay. Oh, monster of the deep Calling out to me And then you hear the monster. Right. 
calling out to me. And that is from the 17th century, I believe. Right. Now, that is haunting. It is haunting. And apart from anything else, as you say, if that's in the 17th century, then there certainly is a tradition of this monster being around. That that would be correct. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, in Scottish folklore, monsters are everywhere, um, as they are today, I think, in Scotland. Yes. Quite a few in particularly in, in Glasgow, but that's another, another matter. Um, but this, I mean, the community search that's been going on, that also runs through uh, Scottish folk history as a song, The Hunt for Jimmy McGee. Oh, oh Jimmy, The, the Jimmy, Hunt Jimmy, for Jimmy, Jimmy McGee. Yeah, yeah that, uh, he was a boy, this was the 18th century, he was a boy in Lanarkshire who went missing. Right. Oh, community came out. Um, and the chorus... Oh, Jimmy, 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 Oh, Jimmy, where are thee? Oh, Jimmy, 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 Oh, Jimmy, Jimmy, The hunt for Jimmy Murgie. It was this whole community and villages yeah. all the way around that came around looking for this this uh, child who, who, who went missing. And of, you well, know, com- that... Of, <laughs> I dare say communities were precisely that, a community in, in, well, they in those were, days. Yeah. And, much you know, lamented. <laughs> much lamented, and yeah. of course those traditions, those Scottish traditions which are being, you know, somewhat eroded these days, you would say, especially if you walk around somewhere like Glasgow, you know. You, you, right. You think you're going to see a kilt, but you're much more likely to see a jibba. Sorry, sorry, what did you... No. Burkers are everywhere in Scotland today Because they can't stop coming over, can they? No, Christ, Richard, Richard, Richard Taking over everywhere, they're everywhere And now it's even gone to Scotland Richard, Richard They can't stop coming over, stop the boats And stop the boats and stop the boats Richard, shut up, Richard, Richard Richard, Richard, Richard I don't believe for a second in the 17th century They're writing a song about Jimmy fucking McGee and no. it's about stop the burkers. There, no. That's your interpretation, isn't it? it? It's not just mine. It's not just mine, Clinton. It's a lot of people feel this way, you know. And folk is about people. It's folk is about groups, masses of people, you know. Right, okay, Richard, uh, it's listen, about listen, common listen, people. <laughs> That's what you asked Richard, me on to, to talk about. No, yeah, what, what I invited. No, I was asking you on to sing about Scottish folk uh, uh, folk songs, right? Now, if yeah. you want to stick to the song about Jimmy Bloody McGee, you can do that. I don't hear any more, no more, well, thinly veiled, or not even thinly veiled, racism, right, Richard. Well, we, can go, we can go back to, we can go back to Jimmy. Jesus, I cry. Do Jimmy. Jimmy, 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 Jimmy. One day, a small boy missing did he go. And whereabouts he was, nobody did know. But he was uh, probably like taken by Eastern Europeans because we right. know they were cut him off, cut him off in gangs, and they take Rich. them off the streets. We know that for Rich. a fact because Linda, they come can you over get... here and they're always. Can you cut him off, please, Linda? Linda. Let's get to our problem-solving section of the show. Have they sent us letters? No! Of course they haven't. Have they sent us emails? No! Have they phoned on Skype? No, they bloody well haven't. 
So all we've got to do, we've got to make do with what they've got in Take a Break, Fate or Fortune, and these were letters written to Gordon Smith, the psychic barber. But I think the best, the best resolver of problems is none other than this wonderful lady next to me. Oh, oh Linda Pollock. She's so bloody lovely. Linda, please, <clears throat> could, could we have the first problem? It's entitled, Should I Make Peace? I'm going to remind you what I said about headlines with question marks. But okay. let's proceed. Right, okay. Last year I was meant to go on holiday with a group of friends. I paid my share, but then something didn't feel quite right, so I cancelled. I wasn't expecting my money back or anything, but instead of simply saying, that's a shame, they blocked my number, and whenever I saw them after that, they blanked me. <laughs> oh, nice friends. I've just got a message from one of the group wanting to get back in touch. Should I? Says Jean, 59 of Hitchin. Well, what is your initial reaction to this? Because with friends like that... Who needs enemies? Right, first of all, remember, we've only got Jean's say-so. We've only got Jean's side of it, haven't also, we? Also, she was... She was... She bailed because she didn't feel right. Yes. What? What? Yeah, what was what? it? What was it? that? And, you know, they, need, they I would say they need to be kinder to her. She bailed. She had reason to. Namaste. Namaste, peace. I've got a suspicion we're missing a big chunk of that story. Well, you say that, but... Thank you, Milo. Quicker next time. So, yeah, I wonder what happened in between not feeling right and cancelling. Well, OK. Well, this is the answer from Gordon. Yeah. I sense there were five in this group. <laughs> well, it's good, isn't it? We don't know. The woman who had the problem with you has long, dark hair and big brown eyes. Oh. She was a real backstabber. He's stirring the shit. That's isn't what's going he? On. The others got caught up in the bitchiness, but the one who has contact you felt bewildered by it all. Having said that, from your perspective, I feel you've m you have moved on. I'm getting the tarot card, the tower, which means this group has been disintegrated. There's a wonderful new group of friends waiting for you. Joining a spiritual healing group will be so helpful. My advice is to move forward to the future. I think that's true. Yeah. If these people are going to be bastards... Having said that, if you suddenly dropped out of a holiday and they had to pay more, just on a whim... Well, she said she paid her share. I just wonder, are we missing a bit there? Did something happen? What I will say is, if she felt funny about these people going on holiday, she's been proved right. Mm. Because, quite honestly, they seem bloody awful. Imagine being locked up with them for a week, two weeks. Oh, Probably in some God. horrible accommodation. Oh, God, I've been on holidays like that before. Ooh, ooh. Talking a tower, you'd like to get them, push them off the top of one, wouldn't you? That's why you saw the tower. Listen, Jean, love, I know you're not, because this isn't... Uh, she might be. Jean, are you listening? Where you directed it to. Right. But I really believe that if people show you who they are, believe them the first time, I think they were the words of the great uh, Maya Angelou. You probably know her in the afterlife, right? I know Maya she's, Angelou. She's yeah, very full good. Of wisdom. Yes. So they showed you they were arseholes. Now you know. Depends whether you want arseholes back in your life. I think that's true. And Maya Angelou's here and she's nodding, but she's gone now. Now, this is from... This is for Jane Wallace. Have a listen, have a listen to this. Is, is the question. Go on. Will I fit in? I've moved to a small town and I'm finding it hard to fit in. Yeah. Everyone seems to know each other and yeah. I feel like an outsider. Yeah. I have my dog to keep me company, but I suffer with back pain, so sometimes it's hard to go for walks. Will things get better, says Susie, 61 of Durham. Have you ever moved into to a new place, Linda, and yeah. struggled to make friends? Yes. Yes. I moved down south. And yes. um, I was the only northern person they'd ever met oh, at one point. Christ. At one point, someone asked if I was an American. 
<laughs> I'm not even joking. It was that kind of town. So I can sympathise there. And and I do think, I don't know where you moved to, whether, it, I don't think it's Durham. That's not a small town. But I would imagine it's not as friendly as Durham where no. Susie is. No, well, those, as a general rule, the further north you go, the nicer mm. people are. Well, I would suggest they thought you were American because you dressed like, you know, a cow, a cowgirl, you know, with that, you know, that glittery hat and a couple of chaps between your legs. But I'm always... Oh, Clinton! <laughs> Is it chaps? It's, yes, well... It's a sort of a joke. It's not not true, let's no, be honest. saddlebags. And anyway, <laughs> the answer from Jane is, I'm sensing you've been let down by your family what? in some way. Hey, where did that come from? Where did that from? come from, Jane? I'm sorry about that. Your flat is cosy, but do get rid of the clutter. You'll feel more at home. It's not her fault. Again, just because she's got a bad back don't mean she's a lazy, slovenly... Exactly. It's a nice community where you've moved to... Jane doesn't know anything, oh, does she? wow. Full of good and kind people. Oh, so it's you is what she's saying, Susie. It's your it's fault. You. Yeah. You should be able to make your life there. Emotionally, I think you've lost your soulmate, eh? But he's in the spirit world wishing you well. It's a bit presumptuous, isn't it? I can see a place that sells crystals and coffee and there is a position for you in this shop if you wish to if you wish it. Bloody hell. She's very bold with her advice, isn't she? Mm. Try carrying amethyst for the pain and sleep. Don't worry too much about your dog. Did she mention a dog? Oh, yes, yes dog. Yes, can't walk it. He's quite lazy. You're getting old together. Charming. It's time to meet new friends. Trust him, people. Your soulmate in spirit is such a lovely man. I'm getting a message. Take the tablets your doctor gave you. Wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, I think it is true. Down south, they can be very, very unfriendly. And when I go north, you know, to do my gigs, people are bloody delightful. Mm. You know what I mean? It can appear that way. Oh. It can appear that way. Is that what you think? What, I think yeah. just because they talk more doesn't mean they're any nicer, Was necessarily. It, wasn't it Morrissey who said in that song, we hate it when our friends become successful, in brackets, especially if they're northern. Yes. That is true. But as a rule, the further north I go working, the nicer people are. I was in Middlesbrough, they were an absolute delight. Mm. What I will say, sometimes when I do my jokey material, sometimes, and this is going to cost me an audience now, sometimes they tend to laugh at some of the ruder stuff yeah. up north. And they're not getting some of the... Not that I'm Oscar Wilde in any way, some of the subtler stuff, but sometimes you say knob, for example. Always funny. Piss flaps. <laughs> Something like that, you will get a laugh. It doesn't matter, it's like Pavlovian. They will just like, oh, we said piss flaps, that funny. Can you take that stuff to Oxford? <laughs> oh, they're not good. Tumbleweed. They'll turn their nose up at piss flaps in Oxford, I'll tell you that. Piss flaps on my lips in Oxford will go nowhere. Oh, this is from Dave. This is from Dave. Oh, I can't wait Dave, for this one. I'm not, I'm not allowed to say his full name, but anyway, read it, please. Thank you, Linda. Is it because his full name's David? David's something. We don't, don't want to give his surname. We're calling I don't him know Dave. why. He didn't want to say. It's because it's private business. Could you get on with it? Hi, Clinton and Linda. Hello. I've, I've always believed in the afterlife and have been shit scared of ghosts for being a little kid. Right. Ever since listening to spooky stories round the campfire when I used to go camping with oh, the boys' brigade. All right. About 15 years ago, I had an experience that proved to me that I was right to have believed in the paranormal Here we for go. all these years. In 2006, I took a year's break from the work... Oh, Christ. Boasting. People who travel always tell you, don't they? Oh, yeah. I took, I've never been anywhere. <laughs> I, you take, I took a year's break from work to go travel in Australia, and on my return, I had to live with me mum again until I could afford a place of my own. 
Although I had lived at that house for all my childhood, I always felt like there was a strange energy about it. I never really liked being alone. But as I got older, I tried to convince myself that I was being silly and there was no such thing as ghosts. One night while my mum was on a night shift, I was in the house by myself. It must have been about midnight when I thought I'd go upstairs to bed, so I went to the toilet again. We don't need this. Oh my God. Got a drink and turned off all the oh, downstairs lights. Oh, give rest. You missed out the bit about washing your hands or wiping your bum. <laughs> I went upstairs to my bedroom and not being able to sleep, I decided to watch a film. Oh, I nature's sleeping pill, is it? Yeah. To hopefully help me fall asleep. Mm. Unfortunately, at the end of the film, I was still awake, so I went back downstairs for another drink. Oh, for Christ's sake. I, I, why... yeah. I think I know why you're not sleeping. As I I was going down the stairs, fucking putting me to sleep. <laughs> As I was going down the stairs, I couldn't believe how cold it was. I'd never experienced cold like that in my life. Feeling uneasy and scared, I got to the bottom of the stairs where I noticed a living room light shining from the underneath the door. <laughs> shining, he means. But now I was really shitting myself, thinking it could be burglars, and now they know I'm on the other side of the door about to disturb them, so I mustered all the courage I could and burst through the door shouting, Get out of my effing house! Only to be very relieved. And there was nobody there. However, my relief did not last long because as when I went to walk to the kitchen, I seen the door was very slightly ajar <laughs> and also that light was on. So I nervously crept up to the door and peered through it and as soon as I did, I got the biggest goosebumps ever and that little tingle between your bum hole and ball back. <sighs> Don't can't, need that. Can't relate, because every cupboard that's door was open. That's not needless detail, that's disgusting <laughs> detail. The fridge door was open with food stacked neatly in a pile on <gasps> the floor underneath it. The washing machine door was open with clean clothes pulled out and dumped onto the floor. Oh, God. And the oven door open with it on its highest temperature. Even with the oven on full, it was still icy cold. Oh, my fucking God. I had a look around and every window and door was locked. So I did what any normal person would do and run out of the front door and sat in my car outside trying to look for movement in the tiniest of gaps in the curtains. This must have been around 2am at this point and I tried to call me mum to tell her what had happened but never got an answer. So I sat in the car alone until she got back around 6 o'clock. What was the mum doing here? Working a night shift. We don't okay, want to no, know. No, no, OK. Don't suggest that. I've got to speak to you in a minute. As soon as she pulled up, I don't think she had a handbrake on, needless detail, before, oh no, before I was in at her car window telling her about my paranormal experience and the state of the kitchen. But her only reply was, grow up, man, David. There's no such thing as goats. And looking at goats... Ghosts, there are such things as goats. There are, that, that's correct. And looking at me like I was just an attention-seeking toddler. I think, I, I'm sensing that this day is is, is, a, is a, from Newcastle or somewhere? Grow up, man, David. Yeah, yes, I think, I think it probably is. She walked down the path and into the front door as I walked in straight after, more or less hiding behind her. I was scared to see what other mischief the ghoul had been up to. Oh, yes. And to my surprise, as we entered the kitchen... There were no cupboard doors open, the fridge door was closed, and there was nothing to show that my frightening experience had taken place in the first oh, place. Oh, Christ. Two we, places two in one places. sentence. You know, we've all seen horrible things in the kitchen. Linda farted in the kitchen. Untruth. Since that night, I have never slept at my mum's again and will only go up when I know someone will be there. This is the experience that confirmed what I'd always believed about the afterlife. But I also had some... Pre literally yawning during this. <laughs> we 
We're trying so to do a podcast, Linda. Turn the music off. <laughs> Linda! Do you want to get Ruth back? I'm not used to going to work. Oh, no, that's true. She's been going to work. This experience that could... Anyway, let's get on with it. He wants me to get in touch with him. Dave won't give his surname. None of your business. None of your bloody nose. <laughs> so um, let's get him on the Zoom. I'm calling from Stockton in Teesside. I know it very well. I play the Ark in Stockton, don't I? Did you know that? Yeah, yeah, I've been every one of your shows. Oh, mate, thank you so much. Am I right in saying that when your mum came back, everything yeah. was back in place? Oh, it was, it was, it was like it was like the ghost even cleaned up and tidied up after themselves. I'm playing devil's advocate, David. Is yeah. there a chance you imagined the whole thing, you were pissed, your brain had been distorted in some way? No, I was, I was stone cold sober, I was... I was there all together. Right. No you, were, you were certainly you were certainly stoned and cold. I don't know whether you were sober. That's that's the question. But um, what did your mum say to this day? Did she say what a load of bollocks, David? She does. She still says that. Uh, she always tells us there's no such things as ghosts. So mm. she she thinks when I when I talk about it to her to this day, um, she thinks I was uh, stoned. Are you absolutely certain? that what you saw... Well, I mean, as certain as you can be, that it is a paranormal activity. 100%. There's no other explanation. 100%. Was there any other... Did you experience anything else in that house? Um, well, not in that house, but I've, I've never... Like I say, I've, I've lived there all my life until I was like 28, and I've never felt comfortable there. There was always the odd noise and, I don't know, things that just was, wasn't quite right. In what way? I mean, people would say, oh, I don't know, it was an old house, it had a bit of damp, or, sound. you know, sometimes you put on the heating and things creak as wood expands or what have you. Yeah, it's just like stuff stuff like um, footsteps upstairs, and I'm in the house by myself. Um, I was watching this ghost film once, and all the power cut off. <laughs> Couldn't remember the name of it. It was like, it was like, it was like a paranormal one, and all right. I remember... On the actual bit of the film was the uh, wardrobe started shaking, and once right. the wardrobe started shaking, all the power in the house went off. But that tripped the alarms and everything, so it was. Now I know for a fact. I mean, you know, it is possible for you to manifest demons and you to bring this stuff on, particularly if you're a teenager. Sometimes you might have powers yourself that are either projecting out or encouraging demons to come to you. Is there a danger that you had? you know, a highly active imagination, or you were indeed some sort of conduit for demons. I mean, what were you like as a teenager? You were a teenager. What time, what, how old were you at the time? Yeah, I was... Uh, no, no, I was... Um, I think I was 25 at that time. Right. Okay. Oh, so, wow. um, yeah. I remember when I was about 13, uh, I, was at the, I was at the youth club, um, and it's like an old, I don't know if it's Victorian building, but it's one of them with tiles all over the walls and Tiles all oh, over the floor. It's called a public toilet. That go on, yes, with the tiles everywhere. Public toilet. Yeah. But on the on the second floor, there's like a five aside course, and every now and then they would, let, would go play a five aside. Right. Uh, but on the third floor was the toilets, which you weren't allowed up there. Um, on, but the rumours was the rumours was because it was haunted, and someone fell down the stairs when they were a kid. Right. I, I, um, so anyway, I got kicked in the face with a ball. Um, really, really hard, and right. not wanting to to cry in front of everybody, I ran 
I ran out. I heard noises down the stairs, so oh. I ran up the stairs and oh. I just sat on the stairs and um, I, I felt like a, a felt like a warm hand on my head. Right. Just it, it felt really soothing and reassuring. Um, Lordy. But it, it, it's when I it's when I lifted my head up to see who it was who's come to yeah, come to say I was all right. Yeah. There, was, there was nobody then. It was pitch black. So that that unnerved us quite a bit. That because it felt nice. The actual warm hand on my head felt reassuring. Yeah. But the fact that there was nobody there, that's um, that's what made us get afraid. I am going to I, once again play devil's advocate. Is there a danger you'd had the ball smashed in your face? Your face was tingling. It wasn't the reassuring hand of some you know benevolent old man, but it was in fact the sheer force of someone booting a ball in your face. No, like I could still feel the, the the tingle on my cheek of the ball hitting my face, right. um, or it was on the like the the, the top of my head. Uh, look, David, I firmly believe in what you're saying. I think that you probably have been in a haunted house. Who owns that house now? Is your mum still there or not? Your mum's still there, yeah. Bloody hell! Yeah. She's when not you... bothered. She doesn't believe in it though, so. And she doesn't see nothing. She's not experienced anything. Nothing at all. If you go Nothing around there again and you experience anything, would you please get in touch, David? I will definitely, 100%. David, what are you doing now? What do you do for a living? Uh, I'm a van driver. What do you drive in the van? Meal. Meal? Yeah. Okay, well, we'll keep it quiet. I won't say who you actually are. But listen, David, thank you okay. very, very much. I will see you. When I am I going to Stockton? I'll be up there at some point anyway. You'll be up there. I'm, I'm booked for Newcastle anyway. So. Oh, thanks. So, will you come and say hello? That'd be nice. Oh, well, that's, yeah, I did last time. Yeah. In, in yeah. fact, I'm going to be in Eston. Is that near you, Eston? Eston. It's it's next. Oh, I don't know. Eston, yeah, it's in Middlesbrough. Tomorrow night. You won't be anywhere near there tomorrow. No, I'm working tomorrow. All right, mate. Listen, thank you. Keep up the good work, mate. Thank you for your work with the Royal Mail. Thank you very much. All right, thank you. That's David there. Thanks, David Allen. Fady Nelson. Fady And so we come to an end of another wonderful uh, podcast episode. Thank you for listening, everyone. Oh, yeah, we, we really appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Look, why don't you come to see me at the 100 Club on the 24th of September? Do you understand? It's live. You can tell your bloody ghost stories and be on this very podcast. Why don't you do that? It's at the 100 Club in London. Doors at 6.30, show at 7 on Sunday the 24th of September. Then there's others. There's another one on the 15th of October, another one on the 26th of November, and there's another one in December. Can't remember the date. 3rd of December or something. Ideal Christmas present. Ideal Christmas present. Come along, we will interview you about your ghost stories. There's comedians on, some wonderful comedians on. Go to wegottickets.com and look for Clinton Baptist Sunday Seance. Linda, what the Jiminy are you going to be doing now when you leave my flat? I am going to go home and I'm going to lie down in a darkened room and 
get ready for going to work. Apparently, you've got to go to work every day. Well, bloody hell. Just make sure you don't get the sack. Linda put wrong paper in recycling. Don't do that. It's all computers now. It's all computers now. Thank you, Ruth. Dumbo. Get with it. Get with it, babe. Uh, right, OK, listen, Linda's going to go now. Say goodbye to the people. Bye, people. Lots of love, people. Join us next week. Thank you. Namaste. Obviously, my thanks to Linda, John Curtin, Rod Hull, Jim Bowen, Carl Swanson, Greg Perkin, Duncan Wisby, David Allen, to David Brinkworth for the music and for the fabulous singer Glow for singing it. <gasps> don't you come and see this being recorded at the 100 Club in London's fancy West End, right? Sunday the 15th of October. Sunday the uh, 26th of November. And Sunday the 3rd of December. You will love it. Tickets at wegottickets.com forward slash Clinton Baptiste's Sunday Seance. Thank you. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah, right. 
Clinton Baptiste here, offering you the chance to enjoy my Patreon podcast for free for seven days. So many people have been joining me over there. It's a shame that you're not. Uh, we've got videos, cartoons, we've got all sorts of stuff, all the old back catalogue and a chance for exclusive dibs on tickets before anyone else. Please come to patreon.com forward slash Clinton Baptiste. All right, spirit fading now. See you there, fading now.